Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, folks. I hope everyone's having as awesome of a day as I am. Man, it was fun watching the fog just roll out of Destin. Middle of spring break, kicking up. I mean, it's crazy, actually. It's I judge the economy based on what happens at the start of every year in our town. And spring break hits, one of two things happen. Nobody shows up or everybody shows up. This is the worst traffic that we have had. Kids galore are in town. Parents are in town. Uh, man, if if you haven't lived on an island where there's one way off and one way on, uh, basically, I mean, you need to go east and west or, or you go north and south. There's one bridge and one main highway. That's it. And it is crammed, packed. Uh, it is the craziest thing, but good for all of my friends who actually have businesses here, who the economy helps. Uh, I love that, and that's what it's about right there. And, and you know, it, it segues right into this, this show today. I was reading a book, besides the Little Red Book of Wisdom by Mark DeMoss, which we're on to. I was reading Richard Brooks' book on the four-year career, and I get so stoked when I realized that I chose a career many years ago, following in my mom's footpath of network marketing. And and it's interesting as, as I look back, because today's chapter is called, well, actually, I'll tell you what it's called. I was on the wrong page. <laughs> it is called, bear with me, there we go, Anticipate Deathbed Regrets. Take steps now to avoid regret later in life. And I look at the career paths that I chose. My early career paths were chosen for specifically for one reason. I was going to prove to the world that I would do things other people wouldn't do. I joined the Marine Corps because very few people can make it. Became a bounty hunter before it was cool and on TV because very few people could do that. Launched a bail bond company in an area of the United States that was corrupt. And only five companies had been allowed in 20 years to operate a bail bond business. We broke through that political corruption and launched a, a bail bond agency that actually I utilized a compensation plan, an MLM compensation plan for that. I don't think anybody else has ever done that. I mean, we just, all the way through my careers, I did things that others wouldn't do. And I look at that and I thought, man, I just wanted my dad to be proud of me. So I would do crazy things knowing he'd take notice. Now, at the same time, when I decided to, to get a little older and calm down, I chose career path of my mom in direct selling. And I look at this and I thought, man, as I looked at my careers, as I looked at the time away from home, time trying to prove myself to other people, I realized that if I had not made changes, matter of fact, if the Lord hadn't kicked me in the butt, I'd be like some of the people that Mark's talking about in this book. Some of the people that I'm going to mention in a minute are, are men that I love so dearly. And you may say, oh, there you go again, talking about men. Women don't usually have as many deathbed regrets. Now, that might change in the in the coming future because of the fact so many people are, or so many ladies, I should say, are having to work outside the house. They're single mothers. They're, they're, we may see an onslaught of regret when they're passing away. But this was just, this whole chapter, I sat there this morning 
looking at the harbor. I have a young gal, Dana, that was waiting on me, and she's 23. And she kept looking at the book and, and saying, man, I don't even think about death. And I thought, man, how that will change in 20 or 30 years as your kids start to grow. Harriet Stowe wrote this. She said, the bitterest tears shed over graves are for words left unsaid and deeds left undone. Years ago, one of my my mentors, Andy Stanley, wrote a book. And the basic of the whole book was the fact that there's a small dash that makes up our life. On the left-hand side of the dash is the, the year we were born, 1964 in my case. When you look at the right side dash, it's the day that we die. And just that small little dash in the middle represents our life. Some of us write our appetite early, some don't. But I know there's not a day goes by when people don't have some form of regret. Even the most successful men and women that we see will have a deathbed regret if they're not taking a proactive move. That's why we need to anticipate. Take steps now to avoid the regrets later in life. There's no doubt in my mind that if I decided once again to go into the corporate world, I could quickly raise to a six-figure income, invest massive amounts of money in the bank, and make sure that my family, outside of the life insurance we have, are are left phenomenally well off. But I'm not willing to take that expense, knowing that that would once again take me outside of the house. Our life is a little awkward compared to some, but I have enjoyed times at the soccer practice, at football games, at gymnastics, at ballet, at being able to know my boys can call me at any time of the day and talk. I didn't get that growing up. Every now and then I could call my dad at work and leave a message and he'd call me back. Probably one of the most memorable calls that he ever got wasn't even from me. It was from the principal saying, you need to show up at the school because I'd been part of a of a call-in. I wanted to go home early. I didn't know I was going to get to go home quite as early as I did, but I, I, we called in a bomb threat. That was back before it was a felony. Now, it, it, these are things that I remember. And as I sat here and read this chapter today, here's what Mark said. He said, Billy Graham has preached in person to more human beings an estimated 200 million than anyone in history. Few public figures of the past century, even Churchill or Roosevelt, hold much more respect. In fact, in an annual Gallup poll of America's most admired men, Billy Graham has appeared on the top 10 in 53 53 times, setting an all-time record, which is more than any other man since its inception in 1948. So since 1948, Billy Graham has sat at the top of the most admired men's list in the top ten more than anyone else. But would it surprise you to know that the man who held the world's ear and counseled every American president since Dwight D. Eisenhower has regrets? 
In his autobiography, Just As I Am, Reverend Graham confesses that while he took on the whole world, he lost something at home. Here's what he wrote. This is a difficult subject for me to write about, but over the years, the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association and the team became my second family without me even realizing it. Ruth said, those of us who were off traveling missed the best parts of our lives, enjoying our children grow up. She's probably right. I was too busy preaching all over the world. Only Ruth and the children can tell what those extended times of separation meant to them. For myself, as I look back, I now know that I came through those years much the poorer, both psychologically and emotionally. I miss so much by not being home to see the children grow up and develop. Now, some of you listening today probably don't have kids yet. I get a lot of Gen Yers now that follow me, and I thank you all for that. But there's some of us that have children. There's some of us who now have adult children. And you've got to ask yourself, what's your regret? I can tell you from the time, my earliest memories when my mama and pappy got married, that for most of my elementary school years at least, and probably up until some of my junior high years, my dad wasn't ever home. And when I when I say that, here's what I mean. He worked the, the second and third shift at night. So by the time he got home, I was in bed. He'd sleep all day. He'd get up to get ready for work. I'd be coming back from school. And out the door, he'd run. I'm sure at times my mom felt like she was raising me and my little brother as a single mom. I remember times when we were what they call today latchkey kids because dad was working and mom was working. So we were home. See, I look back now and I wonder if my parents have any regrets. I look back now and I wonder, you know, what could be different? How could America get back to the way it used to be? Because, see, when you look at the the history of America, we were all home-based entrepreneurs. We landed over there at Plymouth Rock. We built a nation. We worked on ranches and farms. And and those that even worked in the cities lived above their stores. Their family was part of it. And through the decades of the industrial age and now into the information age, the work week, in some cases, some people might say it got smaller. I think the farmers and ranchers might say, what do you mean working 9 to 5? What the heck is that? We work from five to we work from or from not yeah nine to five. We work from five to nine, sun up to sundown. But I wonder if they have as many regrets as the rest of us might. What about Nelson Mandela, one of the iconic leaders of the resistance in South Africa? Some of you Gen Yers won't won't know what I'm talking about because South Africa is a free country these days it doesn't have that white supremacy that was there for so long go watch some of the lethal weapon movies you'll see what i mean but he served 20 years behind bars as a freedom fighter in 1992 not long after he was released and before hordes of reporters mandela grew surprisingly candid 
about his most profound loss. It seems to be the destiny of freedom fighters is to have unstable personal lives, he says. When your life is the struggle as mine was, there is little room left for family. This comes from a man whose wife, while he was in prison, led his movement. She carried on his dream. And it's funny because at the wedding of his daughter, here's what she said, or here's what he said. We watched our children growing without guidance. When I did come out of prison, my children said, We thought we had a father, and one day he'd come back. But to our dismay, our father came back and he left us alone because he's now become the father of a nation. I got to thinking about that. Mandela went on and wrote, To be a father of a nation is a great honor, but to be a father of a family is a great joy. But it was a joy I had far too little of. Think about this for a second. It may not be your family. It may be your, your, I mean, family like in children. It may be your wife or your kids or something like that. Maybe it's because you aren't eating right. See, analyze this. No matter what stage in life you're at today, what regret do you have? You can't change what's happened in the past, but you can move forward from here. Mark shares the fact that when he lost his dad in high school is when he started subconsciously looking at making changes in his life. I didn't even make it that far, I don't think. I wanted to make changes all through my life. I was never a happy, oh, this is my home, jolly gee, great. I was constantly wanting change. It's not that I had a bad upbringing either. Don't don't get me wrong on this. It just was in my blood to know there's got to be something different for me. My little brother followed my dad's footsteps for the most part. Instead of being a trucker, he became a union worker, became an electrician. He works in the electrical union, pro-union all the way. Like my dad, he really gets in tune with the Bible and, and studied and, and, and went on to, I think, fulfill a dream my dad could have done, and that was to be ordained to become a preacher. I've always taken that outside approach because what I saw in my dad, what I saw in my parents, I knew that I wanted something different for my family. I knew I wanted to be there for them. I knew I wanted to make sure that there was enough left over at the end of the day that I didn't have to stress too much over, oh man, we got too much month at the end of the money. But I look at our life and through all the mistakes... And through all my regrets, I know that when I die, I'll never regret the fact that my kids know I love them unconditionally. That we have invested quality time. That when I go on business trips, I do my best to make sure my family or part of my family goes with me. One of my turning points was in the late 90s when I watched my mentor, John Maxwell, have a heart attack. I started looking at what I ate, how I ate. I can tell you through my 20s and 30s, about 35, I'd eat anything. In the last two years, I've dropped almost 30 pounds. 
I'm still dropping this this year alone. I will drop 30 pounds from my weight and be somewhere between 185, 175 before I'm done. See, I understood that I've got to be healthy for my family. I got to be healthy for my daughters. They're going to be wanting to get married. And I don't want to be the little fat doughboy from the south lives in his past when he looked like a stud, when he was a Marine. I want I want my daughters to be proud to have me walk them down the aisle. I want my wife to know that I love her enough to take care of my body. I'm willing to work a little harder than some people might. I'm willing to do a little extra, but not enough to where I have those regrets. What are your regrets going to be? Mark shares something. He says... As I was growing my business at 38, it was really getting powerful. It was it was busy, and I realized I was not at home. And he said, I made a resolve that by the age of 40, I'd cut my business travel in half. To seal my resolve, I announced the plan to my wife. Mark's actually cut back his, his travel, increased his business, because he set that. You've got to set the objectives in in stone. You've got to let people know what the objective is. I'm not talking about goals for business and all that. I'm talking about how you're going to eliminate regret in your life. Because one day, you're going to die just like everybody else. And there's going to be some regrets. Billy Graham confessed, every day that I was absent from my family is gone forever. Although much of the travel was necessary, some was not. That's pretty big right there. See, we talk about working 40 hours, 50 hours, 60 hours a week. Do you know that Europeans, they work about 30 hours a week? I think Japanese work a little bit less than that. See, if we would sit here and realize it's not about being busy, it's about being productive, then we'd come home, we'd, there'd be a lot more stuff we do. we got a swimming pool, and we hang out around it quite a bit because we just like to hang out together. Do you really like your family enough to hang out with them? It doesn't mean our family's perfect. If anybody's followed me any length of time, you know I've got a pretty dysfunctional family. But we got a love for each other. See, Mark writes this. What defines us is not one large intention to be a good person or a parent. It's 100,000 ongoing choices of every size that arise when we try to satisfy, when we're, excuse me, when we're tired, satisfied, distracted, full of ourselves, threatened, happy, reactionary, sentimental, hurried, bored, etc., See, all the actions we make is what makes us up. And it's what at the end of the day will determine whether we have regrets or not. I'm not talking about some New Year resolution. We're talking about the options that you make every day with the decisions that you make. You heard me say early on in this study of the Little Red Book of Wisdom, But it's never the big things that bring a person down. It is the small things. It's those small regrets that at the end of your life, they add up. 
I've got one thing that I'll never be regretful for. And I'll never forget this. This is part of the the career I, I chose, and it was exciting to me, and I enjoyed every bit of it. And here's part of what it was. I was a Primerica Financial Service rep. I walked into a house one night, an elderly couple. They're in their 70s. They needed to, to talk about life insurance and stuff that they needed to do. We got life insurance on this gentleman. It was expensive because he was having heart failure. But we sat there one night, and I made a comment about being blessed that I had their business. And he looked at me and he said, are you one of those Jesus freaks? I said, no, I'm probably far from that, but I do believe Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. And we got into a long discussion about why he did not believe in God. And it was because in World War II he had seen children and women and men killed for no reason, put in gas chambers, raped, shot down like targets. And he said, I cannot believe that there is a God alive that would have allowed that. He said, what say you? I said, I can't even imagine what you've seen. I I have no way of talking for God because that's not what I'm supposed to be doing. That's way above my pay grade. I said, but I'll challenge you to do one thing. One night when you're all by yourself and you're in pain and you're wondering, is there really a God? said, I challenge you to cry out and say, God, prove to me that you exist. Show me somehow that you exist. I don't know that he ever did it. A few months later, he died in his sleep. But that's one of the moments in my life that I'll never regret. I'll never regret grabbing the guy that was getting ready to throw himself over the bridge into oncoming traffic. I'll never regret that. I'll never regret sitting down in front of my wife and washing her feet and saying, I love you. Will you please forgive me for all the things that I've done to hurt you over the last 24 years? I want the next 24 to be better. I'll never regret telling my kids from the time they came out of the womb how much I love them and how much they mean to me and how each one of them is different and I love them differently, but I love them the same. I will never regret being faithful to my wife, even when I'm mad at her, even when I don't like her. Because I know she's my soulmate, and I wouldn't want to have to learn to live with somebody else or make love to somebody else like I do my wife. I'll never regret the people's lives that I've been able to impact. Well, I still have regrets, you bet. There's people that I'm never going to get to say, will you please forgive me? I'm sorry that I did that. I'll never get to do that. There's one last story as we close that Mark uses. He says, shortly before Christmas 2010, one 46-year-old father decided to take a drastic step to avoid any more regret than he already had. 
This wasn't any 46-year-old. This was a young man who had already won two national football championships as the coach of the University of Florida Gators and led all active coaches with a .841 winning percentage. Urban Myers had a health scare one year earlier that had abrupt and abruptly resigned before returning to the helm days later. This time, though, he had completed only the first year of a six-year contract that would have paid him $20 million. He was going to hedge against future regrets for real. Stepping before a horde of cameras and microphone, Coach Myers dished out a good dose of perspective. And here's what he said. At the end of the day, you're going to be... You're, at the end of the day, you're going to be judged by how you are as a husband and a father, not on how many bowl games you win. I've never seen my girls play sports, so I've missed those years. I made a commitment to them that I'm going to enjoy the best years of their lives, period. I believe that's what we should all do. The ticking clock intimidates us. When we're young, we think we're invisible. When we get older, we start to realize we may be invincible, but eventually the clock stops ticking. And when the clock stops ticking, the regrets will set in. What lies behind us is gone. And consequences are inevitable. My dad taught me early on about the law of diminishing returns. But folks, I'll tell you this. God is in the business of redemption. And we can still give him the years that we have moving forward. We can make a change in our lives today. When I made the commitment several years ago to make the change, to move forward, to do something different, Here's what happened. I've made more money, enjoyed more time, gone on more trips than any any time in the history of my life. This has been the time when I've been able to enjoy my family the most. Think about it. Tomorrow, another thing, just a few more thoughts. We're going to have fun. Live life like it's an epic adventure. I'll see you at the top. Be back here tomorrow morning with us on RealMentorsRadio.com. <laughs>